AU's guys, gather around and listen in because you're now in the Big Apple, populated by millions of people. It's ain't no surprise to find out that some big stuff goes down here. And when you're talking about Bitcoin, this here is where the very first Bitcoin Center opened its doors in 2013. Today, we are happy to welcome Mr. Nick Spanos, founder of the Bitcoin Center New York City, to the show. So listen in, or Nick might have to slap you around with a Satoshi. You know what I mean? We're going to have us a conversation with the guy we've come to know as Joey Bag of Bagels on this Bitcoin-centric episode number 432 of the Bad Crypto Podcast, yo. Ah, forget about it. Five, four, three, two, Hey, Mr. Travis Wright. Hey, what? You, you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I heard what you said. What am I talking about? We're talking about know. things. We're talking about crypto. We're talking about, you know, Bitcoin and all the things. We'll go, we'll go down to the delicatessen. Get us a little uh, lox and bagels. And uh, very quickly, my New York accent could become a Jewish New York accent. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. I want to slap it out of you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, where we talk like uh, we're from New York, even though we're not from New York. I, I haven't, I've been to New York a couple of times. I don't know, maybe five times I've been to New York. I can spell New York. You know, there's nothing like, at least, you know, in, in the previous world where everybody was in quarantine and there wasn't craziness happening in the city of going to Times Square, you know, at night and on a, on a, on a beautiful night and just standing there and people watching. I mean, you see it all. Did it? I did that uh, when we went to NFT NYC. I just stood there for probably 20, 30 minutes just watching everybody go watching all the stuff, taking some video and just who would have known that that was near the end of the, the old normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we get a we get the normal normal back again. But welcome to the show, everybody. We're glad you're here. And the reason we're all New Yorky is because Nick Spanos, you know, who is a pioneer in the Bitcoin space, did open the Bitcoin Center in New York City in 2013. And he's I mean, he is New York. Right. When you talk to this guy, everything about him is New York City. And uh, we appreciate his generosity of coming on. We'll get to the interview in just a moment. First of all, want to let you know that I sent out more Bitcoin to those of you who are in the United States and signed up for a brand new eToro account by following the simple instructions on the page, which I'm going to give to you in just a second. So you better be paying attention so you can write it down, get something to write with so you know where you're going to go. It's really easy. They've got their copy trader functionality. They've got zero commission trading fees. You know, you could instantly look at your portfolio and the 14 different popular coins that they support and see your profit, your loss, hopefully profitable. No hidden fees, low spreads, no commissions. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro and find out how to get $50 and some of that sweet, sweet Bitcoin from bad crypto. Yo, check it out. Do it. Wait now. We don't sit here. I told you to do something. You're not doing it? What are you going to do? Go get you $50, huh? Don't. don't. I'm done. Don't piss, don't done? piss Mr. Joe Com off. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't like him when he's angry. I don't really he get gets really angry all that snarky. much. I'm pretty you wouldn't dull. like his snark. Now, if I'm without sleep, you do too, Mr. Travis, right? Let, let's be honest here. Like, between the two of us, you you're the more volatile one yeah, yeah and how much sleep you've had and how, how long you fasted but every once in a while it turns to grizzly fasted. bear 
well, you don't scare me. You don't frighten me none. And I don't think you're going to be frightened by Nick Spanos either. In fact, you're going to like him. He's a super kind and smart guy. So let's get to the interview. He's done so many amazing things and he's so humble. Love this guy. And we have with us now an OG of the Bitcoin and blockchain world. He's a pioneer and been in it since, uh, wow, the very early days. In 2013, he founded the Bitcoin Center New York, which is the world's first ever crypto trading floor. They opened across from the New York Stock Exchange a long time ago in a galaxy not too far away. His name is Nick Spanos. He's got quite a background. You may have seen him in the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, or on stage somewhere, speaking about all things blockchain or eating bagels with cream cheese. Nick Spanos, welcome to Bad Crypto. Only Brooklyn bagels. So good. You know what I miss? I'm in Denver, and I'm from the Chicago area. So, you know, we got good bagels in Chicago. And I can't find egg bagels, fresh egg bagels in Denver. And they're the best. I, I love them. You can't get them. Yeah, well, you know, you're moving to the mountains. They got to have some trade-offs, I, I guess. Yeah, we got beautiful mountains, but no bagels. Uh, you know, I, I got to wonder, have you ever thought about building a, uh, a blockchain-based operating system? Uh, sure. Because then you could just call it Span OS. Oh, <laughs> now. You don't want him to snap, Joel. You don't want Spanos to snap. Snapos. <laughs> so, yeah. so Nick, love you... your work on Avengers, by the way. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one is he? He's Thanos. Oh, Thanos. Thanos. I think he looks more like the Hulk. <laughs> right? Hey, I just Spanos. played on the name, Mike. Yeah. I just had to salvage that. Uh, span OS operating system joke. I, I thought that I thought that was pretty good, but <laughs> I appreciate my own sense of humor. We that, need that. that. We need so that. So, Nick, when did you discover this Bitcoin thing? What what happened? Uh, I, you know, I had many opportunities to discover it, and I didn't allow myself to. But uh, because of uh, previous experiences and stuff, but I was. Um, heavy into uh, Ron Paul's campaign. I worked for Ron Paul. I was on staff and stuff. And uh, I was a director of voter contact. And I wrote the software we use and set up the voice over IP phones. And I was pretty much like the Cambridge Analytica of my day from the 80s. I would sell, you know, uh, information, voter information and call it out and try to figure out who's going to vote for who. So, you know, we had many events with Ron and, uh, you know, Bitcoiners would show, show up to the events and try to pitch at first, you know, the idea. And uh, then there was even a table. And I just kept thinking in the, in the past of different things that didn't work. We have, uh, Va- uh, oh, my God, what's his name? I don't want to mispronounce it. It was Van Nauhaus. And he made uh, uh, Ron Paul. Uh, dollar. It was a silver dollar made out of silver. Mm. And it said one dollar on there. And then he had some gold uh, coins also with Ron Paul's image on there. And uh, then the feds came in and took all his money, all his gold and silver. I think he just got it back a couple of years ago, or a year ago. And uh, went to jail, didn't he? I don't think he went to jail. I think he bailed himself out, but uh, I don't think he did it. He served any time. I don't think so. No, 
I think they just took the dollar, right? If he hadn't put a dollar on it, he would have been good. Probably, yeah. Once you start Uh, claiming that it's a dollar, then they started getting a little upset on that. You know what? I think that background is very fascinating. Um, You know, you were talking about, and for one, I loved Ron Paul. I, I, I was a big fan of his as well, and we've interviewed him on the show. Great dude. And uh, that was it. Was he was one of the guys that really opened up a whole lot of people's minds about how the dollar, you know, it's they, they printed out of thin air. It's not sound money. And I think that you know, it, it seemed like you know Ron Paul kind of. It, it seemed like he was a, would be a good face for this this movement. And uh, did did he pick up on that with, with the Bitcoin stuff, or were you sort of the gateway? In between, yeah, for sure. Uh, the gateway. Thoughts on that back in the day. For sure, I was a gateway to him many times uh, because over the years, you know, I kept uh, uh, pressing it. And, of course, you know, he doesn't understand the technology, and uh, meaning, of course, he's a gold person, and uh, he didn't understand the technology, but I kept explaining, since he's a doctor, I mean, he's not uh, without technology. He's a doctor, and so I explained it to him like as if it was a DNA for a ledger. And, uh, you know, he likes it. He likes it, of course, now. Yeah, once you get it, once you understand, right, that it's the gateway, you know, once you understand how mining works and blockchain works, it's like, oh, this is pretty revolutionary stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my my, uh, path to Bitcoin was... uh, was a was a long one because you know in the past as a libertarian and it it was a long struggle you know i i uh i uh hated the federal reserve as a matter of fact i helped uh uh push try to push through the audit the fed bill and in the past i was uh, part of the uh end the fed movement and uh uh, this is way before Bitcoin showed up, mm-hmm. and uh, even before that, because you know, in the in the '80s, I had lost my uh, my shirt after the stock market crashed, and uh, somehow they the the newscaster or I don't know what you call them anymore, but they uh, were showing uh, uh, Greenspan. The width of Greenspan was the Federal Reserve Chairman at the time, and they were showing the width of his. A briefcase, and they'll say, "Oh, it's if his briefcase was wider, uh, maybe we wouldn't have had the crash." And that sort of sent me into some uh, down the F, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve rabbit hole to figure out what the heck the Federal Reserve was. And that was like 1989, I guess. No, 19, oh no, it was uh, 1991, to be exact. And uh, you know, ever since then, I've always done whatever I could figure out to uh, help anyone who was against them or to make it more transparent. The bill was to make it more transparent. And uh, we sicked Ron Paulers on their local congressmen throughout the country so they would vote yes for the bill. And uh, it was really a big grassroots movement. And uh, we got it passed in the House. And then there was time to get it into the, uh, get it passed in the Senate. And then uh, Bernie Sanders 
kind of, you know, he lied to us. He said he was going to vote for it. And he had another senator with him and said, oh, we're, us, we're both going to vote for it. And uh, at the end, you know, he voted against it. And uh, why would you why would you vote to to not want to audit our monetary system unless you are on the take? Right. Unless you're in on it somehow. Something, right. I mean, this, this doesn't make sense. I have no idea. I don't. Uh, 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 then what he did was he made his own audit the Fed bill with no teeth. That didn't do uh, anything. Uh, so, so that's exactly what happens. Like, no, let me come in and, and water it down. And so that, I mean, because a lot of people, you know, I mean, people in the crypto space, they understand the Fed. They understand how it works for the most part. I mean, that's one of the things that gets people's gears going. Like, for me, I first heard about it in the year 2000. In, in July of the year 2000 was when I heard the Federal Reserve Bank is neither federal nor is it a reserve. They print money out of thin air and it costs six cents to make a hundred dollar bill. And we're still trillions of dollars in debt. And I was like, wait a second, what? This, that, that, ain't, that ain't right. This is the, the treasury. It's a treasury note. And it's what? How, that doesn't make sense to me. And then so going down that rabbit hole, really, I think it, it in some ways it hindered me because I didn't invest in the stock market during that tech boom with Apple to my, I did a little bit, but not, I mean, I didn't invest because I'm like, nope, the Federal Reserve Bank, it's all fake. It's not, I don't like this money. This money is, and so I've had this sort of repulsion towards money for the most part because of the Federal Reserve trustees, the way the system's set up, the way it's a big scam and how nobody knows it. And so it was just very, very frustrating for me. And that's why when, when Bitcoin came along, when I finally understood it, I was like, ah, Here's the solution that, that the world needs. We need something like this that's decoupled from governments. Yeah, exactly. So that pretty much happened to me because over the years, I kept uh, uh, supporting candidates that w were against the Federal Reserve. And uh, the big one being, of course, Ron Paul. And uh, the talking heads that talked against Ron Paul uh, would bring him down, you know, would... Uh, in 2011, we were winning in Iowa, and they just went and uh, destroyed us in a week. We are winning like, 10 days out, 9 days out, 8 days out. I mean, we should have timed it better, but who knows. I had 200 uh, volunteers on the phone banks over there. I built uh, my own air conditioner. He wasn't the chosen one. Well, I don't know, but uh, we were winning, and then the media came out hard and heavy. And just totally smashed him, called him all kinds of different crazy things, whatever they can get away with. So he wouldn't win the Iowa caucus. I mean, we got him back, though, and stole those delegates. <laughs> well, now, now they're, you know, they slander his son the same way. I mean, that's just when you're trying to make a difference. That's kind of what happens to you. So you go down the crypto rabbit hole and way back, which, you know, really, I mean, it was four years before Travis and I started the podcast, 2013, you started Bitcoin Center NYC. So what gave you the impetus to do that? What did you hope to accomplish and, and what's it look like today? So what happened was, uh, you know, I got involved in Bitcoin. I try to keep it a secret. Because I, you know, I had a thriving uh, real estate business in New York City, and I didn't think anyone would understand. And uh, but you're just when trying I found, to keep the price down so you could buy a bunch, I know. Say again. <laughs> you're 
You're just trying no, to keep no, the no. price down. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody about this Bitcoin. Like, I'm gonna- no, <laughs> no, that's not me. That's not me at all. I told everybody. I was joking. <laughs> but uh, no, I try to keep it under covers for a little bit. But uh, I couldn't, of course, because I finally found a weapon. Because even if you got these candidates that were against the Federal Reserve, they're going to smash you before Election Day. But Bitcoin survives past Election Day. Bitcoin is... Uh, it's going to be here after election. It was a primary day yesterday. Bitcoin is still here. The candidate, you know, was for crypto, but or was for something. It doesn't matter. Crypto is still here. So a lot of these elections are, you know, they're a little ceremonial because the big power players are the media in the election. And everyone else has to file these forms and tell you, tell the government every $50 they spent. Meanwhile, the media gets on there and starts squawking and uh, if you had your stopwatch and figured out how much it would cost as a commercial because they do have an interest and they do uh, they're not saying the news in the right way these guys are spending billions of dollars smashing people you know but we have to write down fifty dollars uh, on our election forms or we go to jail so uh, bitcoin though survives election day and uh, is perpetuating this so when i found those uh, incredibly ecstatic that I finally found, you know, a weapon against these clowns and uh, I was going to do everything I'm going to do and I've done and I'm going to do everything I can to be able to move forward and uh, use this uh, tool, maybe as a softer word, you know, this tool of the revolution or weapon of the revolution. I didn't say that. So then the same talking heads, if you want to know, I saw the same talking heads that were talking against uh, Ron Paul uh, on TV, they're the same people are talking against crypto, against Bitcoin. I was like, what the hell? Who are these people who's <laughs> paying that checks? Right, I mean, exactly. Follow the money. It's the same people. And I got really angry and I smashed everything in my office and I went, I said, you know what? I'm going to build my own exchange, my own exchange, stock exchange, I called it, for Bitcoin. And I don't know anything about a stock exchange. I didn't know anything at all. But I ran down to Wall Street, and I found a 6,000-square-foot space right next to the New York Stock Exchange on the ground floor, 100 feet from the New York Stock Exchange. And I said, fuck it. I'm renting this thing. I can curse, right? You did. It's fine. So fuck it. Now. I said, <laughs> I'm opening it up right here, right next to him, and I don't give a shit, and I don't have a license, and I don't have anything. And I don't really care. I'll figure it out as it goes along. If I stop to think about it, I won't be able to do it at all because there's so many things I probably have to do. And I don't know any of it, so I'm just going to say it and I'm going to start doing it. So that's what happened. I went and I, I uh, you know, built the place out, launched it. Uh, we had trading, uh, uh, live trading. I gave out. I didn't charge anybody, so we weren't illegal. I had a, a Eric Dixon, you know, he's a Yale lawyer. He was at the door, make sure it wouldn't get screwed up. And, uh, you know, we ran the first uh, live trading floor right there next to the stock exchange. We were out in the street pulling people off uh, when they were leaving the stock market. And a lot of the guys had, were a little nostalgic because everything went uh, electronic, you know, algorithmic. And uh, we, we had an actual pit and our trades cleared. Uh, live, you know, they didn't have to wait three days because the blockchain clears the trades. 
and everyone was happy. We had hundreds of people in there trading every day, and uh, things were good. That is good. And then, and then it turned not good. It's something. What, what happened? Well, you know, some people say that, uh, you know, they they made the bit license, uh, right? You know, a little while after we opened up, and maybe they might have delayed it a little, but they saw us right at their heels, mm. and uh, they made the bit license, which was very uh, difficult to get. I mean, it's still it's a, no one, you know, very. There's only like eighteen of them which uh, I'm uh, safe harbored in, and I have a provisional bit license because I signed up before July 31st, 2015. So, I mean, I signed up for the damn thing, but it scared a lot of people. I told, you know, we had a lot of companies that came through and, uh, you know, we pushed forward and we told a lot of them to just leave the, leave the states altogether because we don't know if some other state is going to come up with an obtrusive license like that. So, like Paxful, for instance, you know, they built it in there. We had Maker, Nikolai, and Rune were in our at the center. And I, you know. It's almost like the bit license sort of killed uh, New York as being the the financial hub of the crypto world. Like, it, it had an opportunity to be you know, to maintain its status as the financial sort of Wall Street zone and the, the crypto world could have been there, but that bit license seemed to kill that. That's what happened. You know, we had all these companies that, uh, you know, thriving. And then uh, just the fear of the of the license, everyone was looking for a way out. People went to Jersey. People went to Estonia. People went to the island of Mauritius. You know, people went everywhere except for to stay in New York. The smart people left. You know, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm thick-headed. But we're, we're, we opened up in Miami, blockchaincenter.com, uh, in Miami, uh, uh, in North Carolina. Uh, we have one opening up in Can- in Cannes in, uh, in uh, France. Soon, uh, South Africa. Pretty soon, we'll have one in South Africa, and uh, we're moving forward. You know, I mean, the whole thing is adoption. We got to pull people off the street. We're pulling people off the street over here in uh, Manhattan, up on eighty uh, third, uh, twenty three oh seven, Broadway. What do you mean you're pulling people off the street? I have people outside, and uh, we're giving uh, lessons, and we pull them off the street and teach them about crypto. So you're just like stopping them in the street and saying, "What? Are, what's the pitch?" The pitch is, "You want to learn about cryptocurrency? Uh, do you know what crypto? Do you know what Bitcoin is?" Like, yeah, I know what Bitcoin is. I go, "Do you want to learn how to use it? Do you want a free wallet?" And uh, during the pandemic here, we're just pulling them in here and uh, you know wearing masks once in a while and uh, teaching them about Bitcoin. I mean, we pulled in fifteen so far. What time is it? Three. 30 we got a late start today started at 11 but we taught 15 more people and every day we pull like we did downtown we had a uh, all the tour groups would come by and we'd have classes with 50 people at a shot all the tour groups would come by and uh, and when we're finished we got a little jammed up here with the with the covid uh we were supposed to be ready 
you know, two months ago, but. So you're a true crypto evangelist. I mean, when I think of an evangelist, somebody, I mean, they're out there going to people and saying, you know, do you want to know the good news about blockchain? And then you're pulling them in and you're teaching them and sending them on their way with a wallet and knowledge armed to, uh, to teach others. Yes. All the time. Any chance we get, I mean, that's our job because, uh, if you don't onboard people, it's very difficult to understand crypto. And the news says things in certain ways that people pick up on the negative and they stick that and they catch one of those negative uh, uh, jingles in their heads and then they don't, they don't grab it. They don't grab the Bitcoin like they should have or they should or they will like they're going to. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. They're either going to be part of it or not. I mean, the, the adoption is happening. All these other, you know, governments are doing stuff and a lot of different projects are popping up. I want to talk to you about, about the, the Blockchain Technology Corp and where you patented the Vote Watcher, which was the, the blockchain voting platform. I want to talk about this. There's a big discussion about mail-in voting. We're just going to send out millions of votes across the world, <laughs> across America and there's not going to be any fraud. There's not going to be any fraud on any of that because there's, you know, we got to see that the whole thing with with Trump's rally that happened this past this past week, where they had TikTok sort of requesting people from TikTok, and all these people were requesting a bunch of tickets that they weren't going to use to sort of manipulate the system. But they certainly wouldn't do that during voting, though, would they? Listen, I've been uh, in election technology since 1979 so you know i'm called like the big daddy of big data i used i used to be called big that daddy of big data i love it and uh i sold voter registration uh, files you know uh the demographics so i would call out the different demographics and people would send you know mailers before anyone had a computer i sold labels and they would stick it on their little flyer so uh, catholics you know italian names uh, over uh 50 uh you'd get a pic if you have a picture with the cardinal i would give you the stack of stickers uh and they'd put it on the postcards with the cardinal or the letter with the cardinal and uh that's how it was before because no one had a computer and you couldn't get to anyone other than snail mail. So I've been involved with many uh, mail-in elections, and uh, what happens is the the postman might just keep the bag of mail because a lot of that mail is uh, bulk mail, so it's sorted by license number. So all of a sudden there's bags uh, on the side of the wall that the guy's going to put under a table, and you're never going to get that bag because they know that from this area, you know, Staten Island is all Republicans. The votes are probably for... Trump, they're going to put it on the side. So all, depending on who's running the post office, it's a bad idea to do uh, strictly mail-in. Uh, it's a bad idea for someone to be able to go and check the blockchain and see who they voted for because then they can sell People can buy votes and they can sell their vote. Uh, it's a very intricate process. I've been involved with elections uh, most of my life. And, uh, you know, it's fun. And... Uh, you know, I was an EDO specialist. I did it for Bush in uh, Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County, Bush, Bush Cheney. And uh, Election Day Operations is called, where you make sure nobody robs you, pretty much. I did it for Pataki here in New York. And uh, 
So what happens? Are you responsible for the hanging, Chad? No, my, they called me in in 2004. Did, did you know Chad? Not really. He was dangling, right? He was dangling <laughs> up in the wind. So, uh, yeah, I got. A, I have a paper ballot uh, to blockchain patent. I also have digital, any blockchain voting, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. You got to talk to my people. I don't know what I did. I, I, I filed a bunch of stuff. Well, what's your, uh, what's your favorite storage, you know, for, for Bitcoin? Do you use like a Trezor? Do you like paper wallets? Do you keep it all in your brain? What? Yeah, the brain is the best. So. But yeah, but the brain, I mean, you and I, we're getting older. The brain starts going and like. Well, fuck it then lose your keys forever if it's up there i i don't know that i trust myself to keep it up there well there's a great book called g498 no 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 the seeds you're gonna you're gonna create your own you're gonna hash your own seeds you know but uh there's a great book called the mnemonist mnemonist some people you know the mnemonist i just can't remember (laughs) the mnemonist yeah 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 n-u-m-i-s mnemonist yeah. Yeah. So read that book and uh, make your own make your own seeds. So you can probably have a million seeds in your brain, creating an algorithm of uh, you know your the names of uh, your first ten girlfriends sorted by whatever you'd like, <laughs> and uh, then you can put in there like ten of your passwords. Or three of your passwords, you can put the birth dates of the people you remember, and then I don't know. You can do whatever you want. Mm. Is it the numismatist? No, the mnemon. The Is it the mnemonist? The Russian oh, guy. So like for the memory. Mnemonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So he has a bunch of brain tricks in there. Oh, I got you. It has nothing to do with Bitcoin, but it has because a lot. Because numismatist, that's like, you know, but, the publication around coins currency and money. And stuff. Yeah, no, no, not that guy. No, nothing to do with coin. Just to uh, train your brain on how to uh, remember long strings of stuff. I, I know how it's easy to plant seeds in people's brain. Like right now, that's it. Now it's it's stuck. And everybody's hearing the next line to that. Yeah, an audible anchor. An audible anchor. You're so New York. Uh, You're so Brooklyn. (laughs) I mean, bada bing, bada boom. I want to call you a bag of donuts, you know? Bag of bagels. He literally started the podcast eating a bagel. Yeah, literally. Yeah, Yeah, feel free to take another bite there. Only half. I'm only allowed half. We don't want you to, uh, to go hungry with that. So, you know, you're watching. You, you've seen the ups and the downs of all this and the, the bull runs, the bear runs. When do you think the big breakthrough is going to happen? Not necessarily as a function of time, but as a uh, what needs to happen in order for us to see the type of adoption that brings us mainstream. Well, what's happening now is great, you know. I mean, all the central banks from all over the world are printing and printing and printing and printing and uh, typing, tapping on keyboards and creating more zeros on the end of uh, the market cap of their, not the market cap, but the amount of uh, currency that they have. And uh, what we're going to see is smaller countries' currencies are going to go right down the tube. So as one goes down the tube, people are going to adopt Bitcoin. And uh, as another one goes down a tube, other people, more people can adopt Bitcoin. 
and uh, that's what's going to happen. I mean, that's the reality. Uh, people can say all they want. You got all Wall Street playing with everything all day. Now, with the derivatives of uh, Bitcoin and like options and futures and shit and uh, stuff that doesn't have any Bitcoin in, they're gambling on different prices, which, you know, they're just used to that because they never had the underlying asset running through the the CPU, you know? But we have the underlying asset running through the CPU, the transactions, and uh, they never had that. So they're going to evolve slowly, of course, because everyone, they have their little piece that they get paid out over there or they control, they want to control stuff. But this thing's going to happen. Like it or not, it's going to happen. And uh, even with the government uh, currency, Let's say government puts out a currency. That's just going to be easier to onboard Bitcoin, to get people onboarded to Bitcoin easier because right now it's a little difficult. you got to go to a bank. you got to send it to an exchange. you got to go to uh, this and that and try to get your coin. If you have like a digital dollar, you can send me a digital dollar. It could be a smart contract, and then bang, the crypto is going to go right over to the person who's buying it. So I'm not afraid of uh, government crypto. I love it. I think it's going to be incredible. I think it's going to make Bitcoin go to the moon again because the government's not going to uh, restrict the amount of crypto that they can print or issue. Uh, they're going to do what they usually do. <laughs> they're going to ease us, you know, quantitative, quantitatively. <laughs> so easy. Um, I want to I want to just touch back real quick on the the blockchain and the voting thing. What what do you think? Because you said something that was interesting to me. You said. Uh, blockchain and the vote's not going to work because you can just look up on the blockchain and people are going to sell their votes and do that. So what is the solution? No, no, no. I said... There is no fraud in our voting system. No, no. I said... I'm sorry. I, I meant to say, I'm not sure how I said it, is that it's not good... Being able to sh prove that you voted to someone for someone has been illegal in this country for a long time because I think it was Daly, Mayor Daly. Wasn't it Daly? Uh, in Chicago or something, they were buying votes and they came with the receipt of who they voted for. And uh, anyway, that that is not really going to happen. Yeah. But I don't you know, want a receipt. I want to be able to prove that, hey, look, I can see that my vote's the, my vote. They didn't change it. Because my voting machine in my precinct, it's like I, I press a vote and then kicking over to the other one. I'm like, nope. And then it's like, what are you doing? What's going on? There's this vote that's malfunctioning here. I want to I want a printout that says, hey, look, I know. And then I could go look at it online and see that it's there and it hasn't changed like that bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's bad because then people are going to, you know, come to my office and if you voted for me, I'll give you 10 bucks each. Mm. So then all these people are going to st stroll in with their receipts and get that $10 bill. Or if you so, didn't vote for them and they won, they're going to come and break your leg. You. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're going to make it so you can't vote again. What's the solution? <laughs> well, yeah, blockchain, of course, is a solution because it could, you can prove to yourself that your vote was counted through cryptography. You can do that. But just but not tie it directly to the person through their ID or whatever, but you can just go and see the anonymous. Yeah, there's, there's many ways to check it out, yeah. There's many ways to check it. It all depends on the client, you know. Depends on what kind of election it is. So if there's like a, a union election, uh, there's all kinds of rules on that. You can't have a, a serial number on a vote. You can't. So it will never happen on the union election. Uh, if it was uh, a school board, yeah, you know, there's ways to prove it. 
that you voted, that your vote is in there. And uh, there's ways for people on the on the inside, a representative of the each candidate, or each party, and the Board of Elections, of course, to read uh, where that vote came. But I don't think that a person should be able to leave with a receipt. It's not that I don't think I, that's the way it works. A person should never be able to leave with the receipt because then they're going to sell the vote. So uh, if there's a problem, you can walk in and someone should be able to prove it to you. But you can prove to yourself that you actually voted. And then uh, people can walk in and uh, each vote. Uh, you can see the all the votes, who voted, the, how many, you know, the tally. Sorry. Well, there, you know, there's a push right now for voter ID, which makes a hell of a lot of common sense to me. I, I can't understand why anybody would push against having an ID to vote when you have to have an ID for much less significant things. Uh, so maybe at the very least, if not blockchain voting, an ID, one person, one vote. Yeah. You're thinking, you're scratching your head or pondering what's going on up there. No, 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 itchy. You just itchy. I can't get a haircut. <laughs> Fucking haircut is closed. Look at my hair. I cut yeah, it myself. Yeah. I cut it myself. I, I just cut it, so there's a bunch loose on there. <laughs> it doesn't fall out, right? I, I always say I don't care what I'm good, yeah. it gets or what color it turns as long as it doesn't turn loose. I got a good knock wood tui, tui. So... Uh, what was the question? <laughs> uh, was there a question? I don't question about voter ID. Yeah. Yeah, voter ID. All right. I mean, uh, that's up to the state. Uh, over here, it's if the signatures match. Uh, you know, the cities that want to onboard people who aren't citizens probably make it a little easier for people to vote, looks like. Now, that doesn't mean that the illegals are voting, because they're probably not voting. Uh, it's just those doorways are left open for things to maybe happen in the future. So, I mean, you got the motor voter. Looking in New Jersey uh, today, they sent out a mail-in ballot to married women, one to their uh, maiden name and another ballot to their married name, or anyone who changed their name got two ballots so well there you go i mean isn't that that's a problem yeah that's an issue especially that's, that's with the problem with the uh, mail-in votes is for sure an issue now but paper ballot is the only way to do it so you know we use we ran uh, many elections with our software our software uh our system has a scanner and a computer and uh uh, three blockchains, so you you vote on the ballot, you run it through the uh, the scanner, and then the the votes get tallied uh, locally, and then uh, centrally. So the machines can never be on the internet. The only none of these voting machines are on the internet that you see that you've ever voted on or anyone that's voted on in the states. They're not on the internet. They're all air-gapped. So when the news comes out that the Russians hacked the machines and all this stuff, and then it boiled down to they bought Facebook ads, it's a little strange. 
to me. I mean, I knew right off the fat bat, there's no way they broke into every machine in the basement of every board of elections in the country and started, you know, adding votes. The parties do that, not the Russians. <laughs> they spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on ads, and it, it impacted the election huge, bigly, but not Bloomberg's $800 million that he spent. That didn't impact it at all. But And what about his whole channel? He has a whole news channel all day. Right. No one's counting that. By, I am know, upset that you are... Uh, this makes me to be the very upsetness that you do not think my ads can affect election. I am very powerful Russian, and I have hacked your brain, and I now see your seed. <laughs> seed, seed, and hire those guys if they're that good. The seed in Nick's brain is bagel, 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 bagel. <laughs> Brooklyn bagel, Brooklyn bagel. Half bagel a day. Half bagel a day, or they beat me up. That was good. Well, Nick, we appreciate you coming on, sharing part of your story with us and your thoughts on where all this craziness is going. I also have another uh, system I didn't tell you about. Oh, tell, a- us, tell us about the system. Yeah, yeah, I built a protocol called Zap Protocol. And uh, uh, what it is is you, uh, uh, you can create your own tokens on the platform. And um, after you create your own token, not only do you get your own uh, decentralized exchange for your token, but you also get a, a bonding curve, which uh, what it does is it's a, a predetermined pricing index. So usually people, when they make their own token, they have to hire, they have to pay, you know, some exchange millions of dollars, sometimes $5 million, you know, to list their token. And then they have to pay market makers every month to, to, uh, narrow the gap of the the bids and bid and asks and uh, they have to do all these things but let's say you have like a basket weaving token or uh, data token you want to sell data which we originally built it for oracles so it's an incredible oracle uh, monetization uh, crypto economic platform which uh, makes data uh, more believable because it has each source has its own token and people would uh, probably uh, want their token to go up so they give good data and keep it that way and then there's multi-party oracles so what it is is it's very uh, long to describe and imagine me describing it five years ago you know four years ago this is a, a little uh, easier now <laughs> this is ethereum base i logged in with metamask at zap.org so basically i can become a, a provider and create tokens can i airdrop tokens from the platform yeah you just you can make uh, as many tokens as you want you know and you can airdrop them yeah why not why not well gas fees right now that's like uh, ethereum gas well fees. yeah crazy well the dots if you keep it as a sub token so you get you make a sub token and you can airdrop those, but the the ERC twenty you can also create the make the dots into ERC twenties, and then you'd have the the big fees, yeah. So it also works on EOS, and uh, it's 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 uh, uh, agnostic to which chain it's going to be on, you know, be used on. We have it working on two. Uh, we're working on putting on a bunch of other ones, and. Uh, you know, I'm proud of it. We coined the phrase bonding curve years ago. 
were before everybody. Now everyone's waking up to this, and I'm glad that they're waking up to it and copying our code and stuff. I got no zap in my wallet. <laughs> I'll go buy some. I got a zip in my, <laughs> no zap in my wallet. That's what uh, uh, Steve Jobs said to me. I had a, a real estate office down the street from his first Apple store on Prince Street. He, they got the post office. And uh, my uh, my real estate company was called Bapple, Big Apple, Bapple. Mm. And now he was opening up a store called Apple, you know, block, two blocks down. So listen, they might confuse the two. And I, I, uh, uh, I said, well, they might confuse the two. So why don't you give me a bunch of computers? I'll put them, you know, I will use them. So why don't you go in and buy them? <laughs> I had met the guy years ago before that. but Nice. That's what he said. That's what he said. Perfect. Check it out. Zap.org. It's on BitTrue. Yeah, Bit and uh, hit BTC and BitTrue. You're selling the Zap token is on BitTrue. Well, yeah. When you said uh, you don't have it in your wallet, if you after you go to BitTrue and uh, pick it up there, or maybe uh, I can uh, talk to the foundation to give you some. I don't know. We, I don't know how that works. We like when foundations give us some. Uh, website, official, nickspanos.com. Nick. Oh, my God. That's old, yeah. Oh, well, that's all I got. You got another site you want people to go to? Oh, well, we got like a, a lot, I think. Bitcoincenter.com, blockchaincenter.com, zap.org. What else we got? I don't know. All right, we'll link to the ones ones. in the jokingbagels.com. Uh, Brooklyn, Thanks, Nick. We appreciate it. Right here. This is our Yale lawyer. Eric, come here. <laughs> I can't end the damn Brooklyn interview. Bagels. I've tried five times in this interview. I'm out. You got the Brooklyn Bagels right here. Hey, what's up, Yale lawyer? <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Joe Calm. Hey, what? We still hey, talking know. like still talking like this? We're still, of course, we're still talking like this. This is the oh. show. We do, what we do, huh? But you know how money's been around for a long time, and um, I'm I'm looking here for my money over here, and I'm trying to figure it out. You know, do I need to get Vinny or Vito over there? Do I got to shake you down? Uh, don't be shaking me down. Hey, you know, money's existed for thousands of years from from those cowrie shells, those precious metals, and minted coins and paper money. But the transfer of this money has been very slow and expensive. Could you imagine trying to send somebody a million dollars worth of gold, like how heavy that would be? Well, now payments have obviously been going mobile, and that's why MobiPay ecosystem has these three core applications that let users spend and send digital currency worldwide from their mobile phone in moments, very quick and easy, even if they don't have a bank account. So go check it out, mobipay.io. They have a deal where you can get $10 worth of MBX tokens. It's very good. You're going to love it. Go do it right now. It's part of the world's most rewarding loyalty program. And you know how New Yorkers appreciate loyalty, eh? Thank you, Mr. Travis Wright. That was super nice of you to tell people about Moby Pay because we like the people there at Moby yeah, we love Pay. Them over there. Big shout out to BB, the big boss. <laughs> Brandon Bergeson. Yeah, BB, yeah. The big you know, boss. That's right. <laughs> this is a, a big week. Speaking of big, Travis, uh, the the thing that we have been dreaming up and working on for what three months now, 
right? Is coming to well, the idea in. of generated in February, right? And, uh, and but then we sort of put we, we sort of had the idea and then we let it simmer. You know, you got to simmer down. You got to let it, you know, percolate. Right. Well, the blockchain heroes are finally arriving on Saturday, August eighth at twelve noon eastern time and i'll tell you you know we talked about the william shatner collection which blew everybody away it sold out in nine minutes and our collection um is almost the same size as the shatner collection was in terms of the number of cards and packs and all that more or less and um we think that it's going to go pretty quickly so you know, if, if you're not yet in the community and you're wondering what the heck are these guys doing, you hear us talk about it, but you're like, well, I'll just, I'll find out later. You might miss it. Join our telegram at t.me forward slash BC heroes and get on our newsletter list at bcheroes.com uh, and join us for the Wednesday meeting. You'll get notification of that when you join the telegram, uh, because we're going to give all the details for how this sale is going to work on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, and you're going to want to be on that call because uh, we got some good stuff brewing on that one. And uh, also something really cool happened this week, Mr. Joe Com. So uh, whenever the William Shatner cards came out, you took one of his cards and did some fancy graphicalizations on it. And then you <laughs> tweeted it out. And then what happened? Uh, he retweeted it. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got retweeted by, uh, by the chat. In fact, I'll find the tweet and then I will uh, link to it in the show notes so that yeah. you guys can see this. And of course, all of the show notes are going to be found at badco.in forward slash 432 for this episode. And we asked Mr. William Shatter to come on the show. And guess what, you guys? He said no. He said no. <laughs> well, he he actually says in the in his bio, I don't do podcasts, and he made one exception. Um, I think you know to work with the Wax team, and the Wax team has some sort of show that mm -hmm. they work with. He did the one interview, but I'm like, you know, it never hurts to ask. Always, always put it out there. Well, especially after you just had a huge successful thing in the blockchain space. To come on the baddest podcast around the cryptos, maybe you could probably find a better one. Probably, maybe. but maybe. it was it was nice of him to uh, to retweet it, and I found. And goes, Thank you, Mister Joel Com, but no. I don't do podcasts. But eat a bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you appear to be a red shirt. Yeah, I'm sorry, but no, I'm William Shatner, and you're not. So thanks, everybody. Big stuff happening. It's going to be a big week. We'll have more for you in bad news coming up. It'll be the last show before the big launch. And I, I know, you know, there might be some of you are like, you really don't know what we're talking about. Uh, you know, we try to stay on the cutting edge of things. And we promise you, we, we believe with our whole heart that this digital collectible arena is at its very beginning phases. You know, we got a taste of it with Crypto Kitties, and then we saw what the Garbage Pail Kids do, and, and we're getting to play in the space. And we, you know, we want to make a dent here. We we don't just want to offer up packs of cards and, you know, make some money. We're like, we're passionate about this, and we intend to move the needle. So this is, you know, I don't know what other podcast hosts are actually involved in creating product to bring people into blockchain, but that's what we're all about. We are all about that and we're having fun in the process i mean if you think about it you know finance and bitcoin and you know sort of disrupting the banking system is the first use case 
of cryptocurrency. We've seen a lot of stuff with supply chain and we've seen some other stuff with oracles and the DeFi movement that's happening now. But another one of the big use cases of cryptocurrency are these digital collectibles, these NFT non-fungible tokens. And if you don't understand them yet, you're going to want to because they're going to be all over the world in these next few years. And we're in the very beginning stages of a trillion dollar industry. And people who get in early and collect some of these are going to end up stumbling upon some cards and some digital collectibles that could be worth a ridiculous amount down the road. And um, a lot of them are going to be given away for free. So you want to make sure that you're part of the process. You want to make sure that you're on our Wednesday night Zoom call because we don't stream the Wednesday night Zoom call and only people on that Zoom call get some cool things thrown their way. And so that audience has been growing over time. And this is going to be the very last uh, hero report before we do the launch. And so if you like bad crypto, which obviously if you're still listening to this point, you do, you're going to want to see what we're doing and you should probably sign up, go to bcheroes.com, get your name on the newsletter, get the email and come and visit us on Wednesday night. Because if you do, you're going to be happy that you did. Come over to Travis place. He's having a party. On Wednesday night. You know, you assume that people listen because they like us, but somewhere, you know, there could be somebody that's saying, you got to listen to these guys or I'm going to steal your M&Ms. And so it's kind of like a blackmail situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you would listen to us if you did not like us, because if you did not like us, this is our hour of horrible time. Because we are here to pump you up. But not pump and dump. We don't pump and dump because that's not about us. We are not the financial advisors. The other people who do this, that's not us. Does one say stay bad in German? I don't even know, but probably something like, you know, stay The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. What is a Stazen Badzen Woodzen? I mean, a way to butcher the language and just offend all our Dude, I don't really know the language at all. It's so offensive.